this crazy dream About some folks who love this country Who all began to dream the same dream And when the morning came There arose across this nation People thinking one and the same And they awoke to find their freedoms And all their liberties Had gradually been taken away Folks, welcome back to the second hour here of The Conquered Lantern here with Maggie Rose. And I am your host, and we're going to go into the second hour here now on Republic Broadcasting Network at RBN. Real talk, real people, folks. It's real news. Um, We're going to be bringing up our very special guest here in just a moment. But um, we were talking in the first hour a little bit about the CIA creating wars around the world. taking down uh, sometimes legitimate governments and decent leaders, but who won't go along with the world government, the new world order, the world economic forum, the UN. And so therefore they're either assassinated with the help of our CIA or they are removed in what we call coups. And then the CIA of our country of the United States puts up their own puppets that they want and they feel that they can control. So we know this is going on. We know that Joe Biden And the globalists um, are trying to take down America, take her down to her knees, and bringing in these people through south of the border here, mostly fighting age men, um, Chinese young men, uh, young men that had served in the army in China or with the police forces in China. Now we're hearing in some of our Democrat cities here in the U.S. that they're going to allow them to have firearms without having any background checks. They're going to give them real ID Uh, They're going to give them money to get them started. In many cases, they're even talking in the big cities like in California or Chicago, Illinois, of making them police officers. And they probably, from what I'm hearing, they're not going to even have to go through the standard uh, military or go through the standard law enforcement academy that many of our police officers or our sheriff's department or our state troopers have to go through. Uh, Folks, can't you see the writing on the wall, what's going on here? This is an outright invasion. They're not even hiding it anymore, okay? Uh, We have other governors, and I'll read this article briefly, part of it. The Roseburg Beacon, January 31st through February 6th of 2004. The Roseburg Beacon is out of Roseburg, Oregon. It says other governors are backing Texas on the border as Trump calls on them to send the National Guard there. Uh, Former President Donald Trump is calling on state governors to help Texas repeal the invasion of illegal immigrants along America's southern border. Quote, we encourage all willing states to deploy their guards to Texas to prevent the entry of illegals and to remove them back from across the border. Trump wrote Thursday on True Social, which is his social media platform, quote, All Americans should support the common sense measures by Texas authorities to protect the safety, security and sovereignty of Texas and of the American people. He wrote the Republican governors of at least 16 other states have signed their support for Texas Governor Greg Abbott in the standoff, even though the Supreme Court's order. Trump's call for other governors to support Texas came after the Supreme Court of the United States ruled that Monday cleared the way for the Border Patrol and other federal authorities to cut and remove the razor wire installed by the Texas National Guard along the state's border with Mexico. The Supreme Court decided in a five to four against Texas position and in favor of the Biden administration. 
an appeals court had temporarily blocked the federal government from removing the razor wire while the state's lawsuit against the Department of Homeland Security moved forward. But the high court ordered that Texas must allow federal border authorities to remove the wire used to block illegal aliens while the case advances through the lower courts. Although the Supreme Court gave no reasons for its order, it noted that four conservative justices, Clarence Thomas, Samuel Eliotto, uh, Eloto, Neil Gorchitz, and Brett Kavanaugh opposed President Joe Biden's actions, folks. Okay? They opposed it. They made it very clear they did not agree with his position. Unfortunately, Amy Coney Barrett, who was put in there by President Trump, and Chief Justice John Roberts, the traitor to America, joined the high court's three liberal judges, Elena Sotomayor, Brown Jackson, in siding with the Biden administration. Folks, all I can say is this is treason. And there's a gentleman who's been down on the border with an old friend of mine, And this gentleman is coming up as our guest right now. Let me give you a little bit of background. Um, I met him through my friend Jonathan, and uh, he was down on the border with him, and I'm hoping he's going to share some things with us today in the show. But um, back in 2016, his name is John Padula. He summoned courage in the wake of a church shooting to foster hope and fellowship. Let me read a little bit of that. This is in Quarter Lane, Idaho. John Padula was doing his best to hold it together and display courage in the face of unthinkable act of violence. The man he considered a mentor, father figure, and close friend was in intensive care, his body riddled with bullet wounds. Quote, the first night I saw him in the hospital, seeing him lying there on breathing tubes and all that, it was rough, unquote, Padula said. Quote, and then the police told him the man who tried to kill the Reverend Tim Remington outside the altar church also wanted him dead. Officers were assigned to protect Padula, his pregnant wife, and their two young children in their home. I'm not stating, folks, where the home is. The drama unfolded in March, starting with the ambush of Remington after Sunday church services, the morning after Remington had prayed with Republican presidential candidate Senator Ted Cruz of Texas at a campaign rally in Coeur d'Alene. The shooting set off an intense manhunt for the suspect, Kyle Andrew Odom, a 30-year-old former Marine and University of Idaho graduate who had a history of mental illness. Two days later and 2,000 miles away, the U.S. Secret Service arrested Odom outside the White House as he tried to deliver a message to the president. The threat was over, but Remington was just beginning a painful recovery from being shot six times at close range with a .45 caliber pistol. His survival was heralded as a true miracle by members of the church and many others near and far. Padula, who is the altar's outreach pastor, and other church leaders stepped up to tend the flock and direct the non-denominational church's busy drug and alcohol rehabilitation program, Good Samaritan. Now, folks, there's a lot more. You can find this article on the Internet. All you have to do is type in John Pudula Summon Courage in the Wake of a Church Shooting to Foster Hope and Fellowship. It's dated Sunday, December 25th, 2016. Well, when I first met him briefly a few months ago, we haven't met in person yet. 
I haven't had the honor and and the humble privilege to be able to do that. But we've been texting each other back and forth. We've talked to each other. Um, one of the things that I wanted people to be able to know and understand of what's going on here is that this gentleman has spent great a great deal of time down at the border and has seen what's going on down there. He has come back and reported to his people in Idaho what he's seen and what he's experienced. And now this man has decided that he's even going to go one step further. He is planning to run for county commissioner of his county. And I've tried a few times to pronounce that he'll have to do it for us again. But he is now running for county commissioner there in Idaho. It is my pleasure to welcome John here to the show. John, thank you for agreeing to come up on the Concord Lantern. Yes, ma'am. How are you doing? Very good, sir. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. I've been extremely busy. I bet you have been. Um, how much time have you spent on the border um, altogether? Do you have a rough idea? The first time I found out you were down there was when uh, my friend Jonathan was doing a live feed. And was you guys were actually showing us live video in real time as you guys were making discoveries. And I know you spent a long time with him down there. And then recently, you were back in Washington, D.C. And I would really love for you to share with people um, how you got started with the thing on the border, how you ended up in Washington, D.C. You sent me some wonderful pictures. You were actually meeting with Mr. Jones, our representative back there. Um, he, I feel he represents everybody in the U.S., not just his own home state. But you were actually with him. Uh, you prayed on him and over him, and then you came back and you spent some more time on the border again just recently. So do you, I'm going to pretty much give you the floor and let you kind of explain your journey, uh, starting off with the pastor and the shooting in Idaho, what led you to the border, how you ended up going back to Washington, D.C. less than two weeks ago, and then coming back here again. Well, if you don't mind, I'll start a little bit uh, prior to that. Uh, I've I've been here at this church, uh, at the altar church, for about 15 years. Uh, before that, I was actually a, a drug addict for 17 years. Uh, I was using methamphetamines. I was a drug dealer here locally. Ended up in prison. Uh, was just My life was a wreck. Uh, I had never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. And 15 years ago, after doing a total of nine years in prison, uh, I got out, continued to use meth, continued to live a life full of sin, and... Uh, Fifteen years ago, I ended up here at this church. I kind of got manipulated by a girl I was seeing, and and I ended up going to the Good Samaritan Rehabilitation and receiving Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and he set me free. And that's when, for me, life really started. Uh, since then, I've been working in the, the field of addiction and recovery. Uh, my wife and I have had about 600 people coming out of addiction live with us in the last 12 years of marriage. And so... The, the reason that I've been on the border is because we deal with a lot of the sex trafficking, uh, the addiction, the women who are being used and that uh, used and abused in that type of lifestyle. Uh, even up here in North Idaho, we see it uh, all the time. So that's kind of what led me down to the border was to find out what was really happening, uh, the fentanyl that we see even up here in North Idaho. I mean, it, if it wasn't for people using Narcan, which I'm not a fan of, I think it gives people false hope. Uh, but we would be doing funerals probably every day up here in North Idaho if it wasn't for uh, for people using Narcan to save lives. That's how much fentanyl is coming through the border, clear up here to North Idaho. 
and I know we're just a little a little piece of the puzzle up here, but we see it every single day. We're dealing with people who are dying, overdosing, uh, cannot get off of this fentanyl. Well, so you know, it's interesting. You, it's interesting. Story. It's interesting you bring that up, John. Um, I was just sharing with people in the first hour a lot of what's going on with this invasion over the border that the Chinese are working with the cartels, and it's a way to bring America to its knees. And what better way to do it? Uh, besides pandemics, is also by bringing drugs in. And I met a cousin, John. Um, she is actually, her father was the first cousin to my biological father. So her father was first cousins with my father. And um, she and I, of course, share the same um, great-grandparents and great-great-grandparents. And I met her the first time um, when she was a teenager and I was 16 years older than her. And then I met her the second time when she was about 23, 24 years old. And so I have not seen her in way over 30 years. Okay. This is a gal who's 16 years younger than me. And her father has since passed away. My biological father's 93. And she contacted me and said, look, I moved from California to Texas. And that's where you lost track with me. I was in Dallas. And she said, then I moved to another state. And I'm coming back to California to finish with my husband packing up the rest of our stuff. And if you want to fly down to Los Angeles to meet with me again, I would love to have a little mini family reunion. So I said, great. I said, I happen to have found a first cousin who you're related to, shares the same great grandparents and great great grandparents. He lives in L.A. He's a psychologist and a counselor and a therapist. We'll all meet together. Well, I'm sitting there, John, with her. This was just a couple weeks ago. And I, you know, in the meantime, I never met any of her children. Uh, She was just a teenager and in her early 20s, the first and second time I met with her. And so we're talking about our kids. And she said, well, I have to tell you, she said, um, one of my children um, passed away two years ago. Uh, She was in recovery. She said, I was in recovery. Uh, She had had issues with drugs and alcohol herself. She's been in recovery many, many years now and doing wonderful, running her own business and everything. And she says, but unfortunately, my child, I got a phone call two years ago, and she says, my child died of a fentanyl overdose. So now, John, I can truly say it's hit my family. And her explaining to me what she went through and the pain and suffering to losing her daughter like that. Um, I can only, I can't even imagine, John, the pain that some of these parents are going through when they're discovering that our president and our vice president and Mr. Mayorkas, who now they're refusing to impeach, who's the head of Homeland Security, are allowing this to take place. If this is not deliberate treason, I don't know what is. What is your response to that? I absolutely agree, it, it, and not to get too far off that subject, but, you know, when I was in my addiction in the 90s, uh, you know, you had people who would use uppers and people who would use downers, and there were a few people who would mix them. Now, it doesn't matter what people are addicted to, they're using fentanyl. If they're using meth, they're also using fentanyl. If they're using heroin, they're using fentanyl. If they're using uppers, they're using fentanyl. Everybody who's addicted up here is using fentanyl. It is. I mean, it's just as much of a target as having an open border. I mean, it's demonic. Uh, It's an attack on our children. It's an attack on this nation. 
And, you know, as you just said, you know, now we have military-aged men coming across. These are not families who are coming across together. There is a war. We are at war. We just refuse to admit it. And who is leading the war against this country is our own president and his own administration. They are the ones who are warring against the citizens of the United States. Why do people not go back? Yes, and when we have Candace Owens stating that, you know, 107 told me, oh, Maggie, he says, we're not in World War III any longer. We're now in World War IV. When you have Candace Owens um, showing us and Tucker Carlson and even President Putin saying, look, it's your own CIA that is declaring war against the American people. You need to go back again and look in Vietnam when I served uh, during the 70s, 80s, and 90s and look at the fact that Lady Bird Johnson and President Johnson wanted Kennedy dead because he wanted to stop the war and she was making money on the war effort. The CIA was taking the opium uh, from the opium fields and Lady Bird Johnson was one of the biggest people that was supporting this and they were sewing them in the body bags with the soldiers transporting them out of southeast asia removing in thailand or wherever they landed the drugs from the body bags and then allowing our soldiers bodies to be brought the rest of the way home back to the united states when you go look at the movie air america john or pastor padola when you go look at the movie air america you can probably find it on Netflix or one of the other channels. Air America is a movie all about the CIA running drugs from Southeast Asia during the Vietnam War. The CIA is still doing that. They're still doing that today. Yeah. Yeah, they are not for the people. They are the enemy of the people. And the point is, is if anybody tries to remove the CIA or say it's an agency that we don't need anymore – those very individuals are the ones that they have a contract assassination hit on, right? Correct. That's definitely what it appears. So as a, as a, as a man of the cloth, Pastor Padula, what do you recommend people do besides just pray? Is there anything that they can do other than pray, or do we just have to let go and let God and, and know that, that at the end of the day, God has to have something seen out to its final, its final course? Uh, I'm an advocate for both. Occupy, occupy till he comes, but we're called to be good stewards of what he's given us, which is, you know, I, as a man of God, do I just leave my front door open and let whoever come in, come in and do what they're going to do to my family? Absolutely no. not. I'd be derelict in my duty as a, as a man, as a husband, as a father, uh, our own counties, our own city buildings. Nobody ever allows that. Why in the world would we do that to our whole nation? I mean, we're in one of the most, I just, it's like the Twilight Zone. I, I believe that we need to start focusing locally. We know that our federal administration and our federal government is targeting the American people. They did it with school boards. They did it with parents. They did it with anybody who opposed the narrative. And, you know, praise God for COVID. This whole pandemic, this scamdemic that occurred in America and across the globe, it woke up people who really have discernment, and it separated the wheat from the chaff. And there's a lot of professing uh, believers who completely have went to the other side is because they don't they they have no Christ in them they don't have God in them. they they don't they're not able to discern a lie from the truth 
So for people who truly know Jesus and love God and love this nation, we need to take action. And I believe it starts at a local level. That's why I'm running for county commissioner. That's why people who are born again need to get involved in school boards, city councils, local government, because it will only change the fabric of this nation by starting locally and building this foundation up once again. Uh, the government, the, the federal government has taken a position that it does not have authority to take. We, the people, are the, uh, we are the government, and yet that's not what we are today. Now, when you and Jonathan Alexander, now he's from Wallace, right? From Wallace, Idaho, yes. that's where you met him. Okay, when the two of you were on the border, can you share with people a little bit of what you were seeing there Eyewitness first-hand account? Yes. Yeah, so last year when I went down there for the first time, I camped with Jonathan in the desert right by the border wall for about four days. There was a, It was a little uh, tighter then. I mean, we would see Border Patrol a few times a day, kind of just making their rounds. Uh, definitely not enough Border Patrol to actually detour or stop if they were able to do their job. You know, they, the administration's taken the authority that they're supposed to have for them to do their job and secure the border. So that's why we only have, you know, we've lost 61% of our border patrol because if you can't do your job, why in the world are you going to stay in, in a certain position, right? So you right. have a very, uh, it's a skeleton crew of border patrol as it is. You have all of these big holes in the wall that have been cut or left open. They're not finished. We saw border patrol flashlights and drive the other way. At night, people would come running through. Uh, we, I mean, we stopped several people coming through. We were trying to really document what was really happening because, you know, on both sides of the fence, it's hard to believe anything anymore. It's not one party or the other. I mean, our nation is so corrupt from the top down, it is affecting all parties. So unless you can experience something for yourself, it's hard to really believe anything anymore. That's why I went down there for four days on the border with him. I wanted to see for myself and bring it back up here to the church, to our local pastors, and figure out what can we do to, to stop this. So that's why I went down there. And, I mean, one night we were down there with thermal imaging, 64 women and children come across. They had been, you know, obviously we know what's going to happen to most of them, unfortunately, uh, but they think they're coming to this great America, and they're coming over across these borders to be sex trafficked and to sold, be sold into the workforce and into slavery. They think that they're coming to a place of freedom, and yet America is the number one demand for child sex trafficking. We are the number one in the United or in the whole world. The United States is. So the supply comes across that border. Is well, can you tell me? Were you guys allowed to? Were you allowed to round any of them up until the border patrol could get there? Were you allowed to, to do any kind of citizens arrest or anything at all? No, no. But they. But here's the thing: the ones that we were seeing, they didn't care. They would come and stand at the border wall and wait for the border patrol. Like they know the process. They know they're not getting deported. They know all they have to do is come stand there until border patrol gets there. Border Patrol gets there, they process them, and then they ship them somewhere in the United States. They all they, These guys were coming from Guatemala, Honduras. These were women and children that were coming from, you know, a thousand miles away. On foot, they would say. 
just finding ride from place to place, paying the cartel to get across to where they could get to the border. And then they thought they were coming to freedom where they were really coming to be sold. We were told, John, that many of them are also being brought um, where cartel is picking them up and bringing them in buses and trains and other modes of transportation as well. Well, they're paying them. Some, I mean, some are paying more than the others. But in Arizona, where we were, it's super loose, and that whole other side of the, the border is owned by the cartel. So they're paying them three, $5,000 per head to get safely across, and then they're being shipped to places that they think are family and that they're not really family. They're a sponsor that isn't really a sponsor. Then they come over here, and then they get trafficked. And if they don't go to those houses, then they get a family member killed or somebody that they know killed on the other side. To make them do now, whatever the cartel tells them to do. Exactly. Yep. And there's so what, so what we just witnessed, now it's even worse. I mean, down there, at least you were seeing a little bit of Border Patrol presence who was, they were processing. When we just went back down there, uh, the Sassabee, Arizona is just, it's a war zone. I mean, it, it's horrible. There's no Border Patrol when we were down there. People were just coming across these. NGOs have so many people um, that they're just aiding and abetting. They're, they're literally providing for them to come across. And now it's not the women and children like it was mainly then a year ago. Now it's almost all fighting age men of different ethnicities. You have Chinese, Africans, uh, Hispanics. You have people from every country coming across. Okay, and so why why are the Border Patrol not allowed to stop this? Because our government, our our president has taken that authority away from them. So what are you recommending, or what what do you believe that Governor Abbott, with the help of some of the National Guard from other states, what do you believe that he's able to do? Is he basically telling the federal government... I don't care what kind of orders you give the Border Patrol. If you or me the, remove the Border Patrol or you have them just go babysit the children, we're going to continue to put up this fencing that you're asking them to cut? Well, <laughs> I think they need to see. I think Texas is doing. I, mean, I think they're doing the best that they can. I think the rest of the United States needs to not government officials. I think we, the people, need to go and secure the border. That's my, per- my, my opinion. All of these agencies are fighting with each other over legalities. When we have the right and the duty and the obligation to go as citizens and stop the invasion on our country, why we're doing that? Because COVID wasn't enough to wake up the masses. The okay. remnants got fired up. But there's so many people who just, they're, they're living and they're, they're entertained and they're comfortable. And it's not our problem because they don't see it every day. So are you aware of the fact, John, that the people that have gone down there, that Biden has been threatening, that he considers this an insurrection, and that he said he, it would not be beyond him to fire upon American citizens who are trying to, to protect the border, that that Biden himself 
has been caught on an open mic, whether it was an accidental or deliberate, basically stating that the American people that would go down there would be like another January 6th, and he calls us a bunch of cowboys. Yeah, I, I have heard that. But his lies don't dictate what we're supposed to do. That's the problem. The problem is, is until he's not in authority, we would end up like J6, and he would pose the military against the people, and he would arrest us and put us in the gulag. I mean, that's, we've seen it. So what do people need to do then? Are you saying that people need to stop being afraid and they need to go down there in mass and 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 basically just line up along the entire uh, you know New Mexico, Arizona, Texas, California border? I mean, do, where are we going to get the people that are going to be willing to do unite, that? If I thought that our country could unite and the, the masses who know that it's a problem would do that, I would say absolutely. The problem is we don't have enough of those people who are ready to, 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 to do that yet. Okay, so you're running for county commissioner right now. In what county is that again? It's in Kootenai County, Idaho. Kootenai County, okay. And who is the person that's your opponent right now? Well, we'll be right back. Broken. We'll be right back, John. We're going to a break. Okay. It's a growing business of some people in the street who do not have a job over nothing. The bottom falling out. All the people slipping through the cracks. Well, you can run and hide, but you just can't change the facts. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Real news, real talk, real people. Because you can handle the truth. Hey there, are you going to wait till the cows come home to get your new ease-off drop and lift? What in the world is an ease-off drop and lift? Our ease-off is a new tool to increase production for your meat processing company that will get that whole hog or half a beef on or off your rail with our remote control. That sounds great, but can I afford it? Sure, and the ease-off installs fast. The effortless operation will reduce fatigue, speed up your line, and increase profits. Okay, I'm convinced. Where can I get my ease-off? Go to easeoff.com. That's E-A-Z-E-O-F-F dot com. And hurry, because we're offering free shipping for a limited time. Easeoff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows, too. Easeoff, LLC, 417-932-6419. Health Simple with Colorado Shioji. Fact bit number one. What goes in must come out. Whatever we ingest breathe in or transfer by contact must be expelled. Expelled directly as burned calories through perspiration, respiration, or expelled via urinary and gastric channels. Every element that is not properly used or removed by our bodies become toxins. And toxins, as we know, are causal to every disease and ailment. Toxins are what makes us subpar, unable to be at our best. Be your healthy best by cleansing your body of daily and deeply embedded toxins. Live stronger, and we hope live longer. Shilajit, legit Shilajit, that is, like Colorado Shilajit, 
is perhaps the greatest homeopathic whole body remover of toxins made by Mother Earth. Look for the gold mountain and medical symbol logo in banners on republicbroadcasting.org to watch the full video and see more information. Use code GORBN when ordering. That's G-O-R-B-N. Here's some interesting news. Due to all the recent claims about possible nuclear wars, viruses, solar flares, and civil unrest, people are scrambling to prepare and stockpile food. But the one thing out of reach for many is an underground bunker. Until now. Because you can now have a 3D printed underground bunker in just one day. An excavator digs a hole in your backyard, and 3dbunkers.com shows up in a small truck and sets up their 3D printer under a tent completely undetected. They can print as many rooms as you want at a fraction of the cost compared to traditional metal bunkers. 3D Bunkers uses polymer concrete, which is five times stronger than regular cement. YouTube 3DBunkers.com and watch the video. The creators of 3D Bunkers is looking for a business partner that can help bring this technology to the world. And we need to protect our way of life without living in fear. Contact Brad at 3DBunkers.com for more details or visit 3DBunkers.com. Andy and Barney Fife Now a tired stern in the brothel life Too much crap drive the world insane Everybody singing the jailhouse blues Don't believe a word of the evening news Truth stood for years down the drain Trailer parks with the building cold Cul-de-sacs in the country road High-tech bars with bad karaoke sounds Uncle Sam keeps your money spent Pay your tithes, you can't pay your rent Foreign car selling big in America town What happened? Folks, welcome back to the rest of the Concord Lantern. I am your host, Maggie Rose, and we have Pastor John Padella. He has been down to the border. Uh, He is running for county commissioner. Go ahead, John. You were saying the county that you were running for county commissioner, and who is your opponent right now? Well, I'm running for a seat uh, where the gentleman retired. Uh, He is retiring, so there's about six of us that are running right now. Uh, for this same seat, and I think, you know, I have no desire to do this, but I've been watching for the last 15 years since I've come to know Jesus and just watching the destruction here in our, what everybody thinks is a conservative county uh, in North Idaho. It's really, uh, it's really becoming horrible. I mean, it's the pornography in the libraries, it's the indoctrination in our schools, you know, forcing people to go along with the lie of this transgender agenda, uh, the pronoun, I mean, just all of this stuff is taking over uh, our state. And so I vented at hunting camp last year and said, if nobody else is going to run for this seat, you know, I don't want to see some somebody who has some wicked agenda get in there again. And so out of frustration, I mentioned that to all the guys at hunting camp, and they all told me they would support me if I ran. And 
after praying about it for the last year and asking around in our community, nobody knew of anybody going to run. So finally I decided to run and I announced. And after I announced, I think about six other people did. So, Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Well, I saw your, uh, you sent me a, a picture of your billboard. That is a beautiful billboard. Is that right off the freeway? It is. Yes. Well, that's awesome. And of course I know that you have, uh, the, Jason, hold on just a moment. Um, I know, know that also you have um, quite a bit of your churches behind you, and who else has been also trying to help support you and back you up? Well, we've had a, a, a great um, backing. Sheriff Richard Mack, he's endorsed me. I just went and had breakfast with him last week when I was down in Phoenix. Uh, he's a great man, and he really he sees what's happening in our country, and he's doing his best to do his part and make sure that people understand what's happening. Uh, there's a lot of local businesses who are supporting me. Uh, yeah, I've had a, a great amount of support. Now, can you tell us a little bit about your trip back to Washington, D.C., where you met with our, our good friend uh, Jim Jones back there? Uh, Jim Jordan? I mean, I'm sorry, Jim Jordan, yeah. That was a Freudian slip. Yep. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. <laughs> that was definitely a Freudian slip. I met Jim Jordan. <laughs> sorry about that, yeah, Mr. Jordan, yeah. Congressman Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we uh, we did a tour with uh, his wife, gave us a tour of the Museum of the Bible, and we spent several hours with her and just hearing her heart. And uh, we had told her, you know, if there was any chance that we could sit with her and her husband that evening and maybe pray with them that, I mean, that would bless our socks off. And so she set it up to where they had a little bit of time, and we sat with Congressman Jordan, and uh, he is a great man of God. He is a fireball. Uh, She is an amazing woman. She's super meek and just loves the Lord. I mean, she just cries talking about her Lord and Savior. And uh, we just got to spend some time with them. It was a very sweet time. And uh, we also met with Russ Fulcher, Congressman from Idaho, uh, Ron Johnson, a senator from uh, Wisconsin, and then Jim Risch, senator from Idaho. We met with all of them, got to minister to them, try to encourage them and uh, pray over them and make sure that, that they trust God for their decisions. And uh, they're, they're fighting against the other party and half of our own party. And I so know. It's super discouraging over there. It's just. It, the same thing's happening here in Idaho. Our southern Idaho is blue as all get out. And so everything that's happening here in north Idaho is being ran by southern Idaho. And our own party doesn't even vote along what our party stands for. And exactly. so we're being infiltrated on every level. Spiritual, physical, our borders, geographical. I mean, every everywhere globally there is a complete invasion of darkness. And I totally, I totally agree with you on that. You know, I, I was watching the whole thing when we were all hoping and praying that Congressman Jim Jordan was going to be the Speaker of the House. And I remember one person saying, if we could get Congressman Jim Jordan as the Speaker of the House, then we know together with Trump being in charge as our next president, we would be able to be on the road to recovery. It might take four to eight to ten years uh, to come back fully and even better than we ever imagined. But for some reason, the Republican Party, um, 
Oh, I don't even consider them in Washington, D.C., uh, many of those senators and those Congress people back there, to be conservative. I consider them to be rhinos, and I could not believe that they were attacking Congressman Jim Jordan the way they were attacking him, and then why they end up putting up this other guy as the speaker. I uh, Did they ever talk about that and how that happened and why that happened? Unfortunately, we didn't get a chance to discuss that, but we did get to discuss our current speaker. Uh, the, the hard part is is he loves the Lord, and he is a super humble guy, but he's also, his kindness, uh, it seems like, is getting him in trouble to where he doesn't want to, um, he's having a hard time standing up, because he, he is overly kind. And so that's not the direction that we need as a nation right now. We need a speaker who is bold as a lion. Jim Jordan would have been my pick. Uh, if we, if He would have been my number one pick for Speaker of the House. Uh, he doesn't just spew out a bunch of nonsense because he's upset about stuff. He has facts behind the things that he talks about. He backs it up with the evidence. He knows what he's talking about. He talks with passion and zeal. And because of that, I think a lot of the... Yeah, I'm going to be very careful in my words. Um, we'll just say the, the rhinos. We'll just label them rhinos. For, they they knew that their time would be short if he was in charge. Yes. Their political you, future wouldn't be what it could be if they could continue going down this path. Well, you know, there's a message that was put out there not long ago, and I'm going to say this right out loud. For those of you that have family or friends or others that are in Washington, D.C., in whatever position they've been elected or appointed to. And for those of you across the United States of America, uh, we have our friends in Australia down under, uh, Omega Logos, uh, Pac Woman, Helen, uh, so many of the others that are watching what is going on here in the United States. And if we fall, they all know that the time is up for them. Uh, for those of you out there, whether you're rhinos, uh, Republicans, you call yourself Republicans, Democrats, Libertarian Party, Independent Party, Constitution Party, and everything in between. If you guys think by you playing along to get along or uh, pay, play to pay or pay to play, uh, if you've got people like the Democrat Party in Oregon who are telling many of our so-called Republicans who we now know are rhinos, um, we'll give you X amount of money for your district if you will vote the way we want you to vote. You know, just play along to get along with us. You guys think that when we have our country completely taken to its knees, which is going to what's going to happen if you guys don't stand up and be counted. If you think that the Marxist regime, the globalist New World Order under the World Economic Forum or the United Nations is going to allow you guys to continue to be in positions of leadership or to be the elites that will not be touched by what you are allowing to happen to the rest of us, you don't realize that you are their useless fools. And once they've gotten their agenda completed and gotten done what they want, they're going to do the same thing to you guys that they've been doing to us middle class and low middle class people. Do you agree with that, Pastor Padula? Absolutely. Yeah, we're in a, a dangerous spot, and it's not the Republicans versus the Democrats. It's good versus evil, and it has overtaken every aspect of every party. Every party is infiltrated with darkness right now. Yes. In fact, that's what 107 said to me. Um, you know, he was in the military and he is one of the white hats. And he said, you know, he said, 
it's not just the Democrat Party that years ago became a captured operation. He said the Republican Party is a captured operation. And he said this is a spiritual war. And the American people are not waking up to realize that this is going to affect them. And not just in the pocketbook. But this is a spiritual war, like you said. It's good versus evil. Um, do you believe that, and I don't mean to put you on the spot, because there's some people that believe in the rapture, and there's some people that don't believe in the rapture. Some people believe that the Bible is a primer for us to learn lessons from, that not everything in there is literal, but some people do believe everything happened literally exactly as it's written. Uh, even though it was God that inspired man and man wrote it down, do you believe that we are in the end days and that you believe that what's written in Revelation is going to come through true to its words or do you think that somehow we can turn this around i absolutely believe in the word of god being inspired and being written down perfectly i mean it talks about it'll be tried in a furnace seven times it will always be pure uh i believe that god's word it says what it it means what it says it is literal I do believe that we're in the, I believe the end time started at the end of the apostles. And I believe that this is, you know, a day, you know, to the Lord is a thousand years, the word says. And I, I believe the end time started and it just keeps increasingly digressing. Do I believe that we're in the book of Revelation where there is no chance to turn it around? No, I don't. I, I believe that, that the book of Revelation is a, a depiction of what happens at the end. But I believe until those until the rapture of the church, which is a literal rapture, First Thessalonians chapter four verses thirteen through seventeen, it says that there's going to be a shout, a voice of the archangel, a trump is going to blow, and it says that the, those that were dead are going to meet him in the air first, and then us who are alive and remain that will join them and, and meet Christ in the air. That is a that's literal. Um, and yes, I believe in the rapture of the church, and then I believe that's going to kick off seven years of tribulation, which will be what we see in the book of Revelation. That's when all hell breaks loose. So, yes, I do believe in the end times. I believe they started long ago, and we are, <laughs> we're getting there fast. Now, do I believe that this might just be a bump in the road and we can come back for a season and maybe fall for a season? Yes, I believe that, that that's very possible. But it feels like the time is really short. Yeah, that's what a lot of people are sharing. But I want to share something with you that was shared with me not long ago. Um, when I have, and I grew up with, um, I was baptized Presbyterian. Um, my mother, after a period of time, she had to stay home with my sister with cystic fibrosis. And she sent us to church for about four years with Southern Baptists. Plus, we went to vacation Bible school with them. And then we had two years of going with the neighbors who were Mormon, who were LDS, and then we had about three years of going to church with uh, her former piano student's parents who were evangelical, free evangelical. Uh, plus, my mother didn't like the uh, beehive hairdos and the fishnet stockings, um, the blacklight posters uh, era that I grew up in. So she pulled me out of public school at the end of sixth grade, and she had me in Catholic schools for three years. Uh, her mother was Catholic. My mother was not. Um, so I've kind of had a little bit of that plus non-denominational. Uh, my husband was raised more or less Methodist. And in our study in the Word uh, with a non-denominational church, uh, we have found that 
we believe that we were told by these people that we were at one time or another studying with that they believed if Jesus Christ was to be here today and see how all these religions uh, that have been created by man have caused war upon war, conflict upon conflict, death after death, mayhem, even the Crusades, so-called in the name of Christianity, the horrible things that the, the Crusades did in the name of Christianity, the Roman Catholic Church, uh, basically murdering people if they would not convert to Catholicism, that Jesus Christ really, if he was here today, he would say, the church is not the building. The church is okay. not the the people in the building. The church is within ourself. It is within our own our own body, our own soul, our own heart is where God resides and where the church really is. So if if that is true and the church is within that means we don't have to go to a church and a building to pray with other people of like mind. We can be on the ocean at the beach. We can be out in the woods praying to God. We can kneel down at our bedside and pray to God. No matter where we are, he's going to hear us. We don't have to you know, have a man in, like in a Catholic church saying, well, you need as a human being to hear that you're forgiven. So you need to go confessional because I speak for God. And if you go into that cubicle and you tell me your sins, I will tell you, my child, that you're forgiven. And then this is how much penance you do, you know, whether you're paying the church so much money to pay for forgiving your sins. I mean, the whole thing's insanity. Um, what I'm finding a problem, Pastor Padilla, is that I have seen so much corruption in organized religion, whether it's, you know, Jim and Tammy Baker, whether it's uh, Joel um, Olstein down in Texas, um, so many of these mega churches are ranking in, raking in the billions upon millions of dollars, and they're buying themselves these huge mansions uh, that even movie stars can't afford to live in. And I'm thinking, God would not want this, Jesus would not want a pastor to be raking in millions of dollars a week to live this high and mighty lifestyle when we've got people up in the Appalachian Mountains that are starving. Preach it. <laughs> At that point, who's serving who? It's the pastor serving himself. That's right. The, the congregation is serving the pastor because they're paying for all of his luxury. That's, yeah, that's nonsense. So I'm glad that you can see that. But the reason that we have church, I mean, church is the gathering of the believers. That's what church is biblically. It's not, you're right, it's not the building. But we do come together to worship God, and it's like going to a gas station and getting filled up. We pray to him, and he hears us all the time. He knows what we want or need or are going to ask before we ever even think about it. So he's omnipresent. You're right. He, we, don't, we can be on the ocean. In the wood. I'm a hunter, so I do a lot of my talking to God in the woods. Uh, but there is an important piece of coming together and you know, being with other believers for accountability and growth, not to serve the pastor or the mega... Yeah, I'm, the prosperity gospel is not the gospel. That is, in my opinion, antichrist. Thank you for that. Now, what is the message you're putting out for those in Idaho that will be able to vote for you in this election? And this is coming up in May, is that correct? Yes, ma'am. Okay, what is the message you're putting out to your people there in Idaho, what you plan to do for your county specifically? Well, my message is we need to stop electing politicians. I'm going to be a voice for the people. I will represent the people. That's been my life since I've been saved. This community knows me. 
Uh, we get these men who are educated and qualified who nobody's ever heard of. They convince everybody that they're the best candidate because of their qualifications. They get into office, and then they, they have no character. They're politicians, and they're career politicians, and they sway the people. So, you know, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. My, my heart is for the people. If I get into that seat, when I get into that seat, I will represent the people of Kootenai County, not any special interest groups, not any uh, <laughs> parties, but I will represent the Lord Jesus Christ, and I will be a voice for the people. Now, I have one other question before we end up ending the show today. Uh, could you let people know who might may not live in Idaho or may not live in your county but want to donate to you or help you with your campaign, would you please give them a website and or a phone number that they can contact? Absolutely. My website is Padula, the number four commissioner.com. Padula is P A D U L A, the number four commissioner.com. Um, there's a place to donate on there, and my personal cell phone is 208 704 1492. And if anybody ever just wants to talk or is going through anything, this, you can call me for anything for pastoral advice, to vent, to pray. Uh, for whatever anybody's needs are, my phone is always on. Could you give that website one more time slowly and your phone number again? Padula, the number four, commissioner.com. Padula, four, commissioner.com, 208-704-1492 is my personal cell phone. Now, I know that you are all praying very hard for Trump right now. Um, I know that you believe that he's a Christian man. We know his wife is also. Um, is there a message that you believe that Congressman Jim Jordan would have for we, the American people? Well, that didn't really come up, but just spending the time that I did with him and knowing him and his wife, I know that their heart for the people is to do what's right. We need to come to Christ in our nation. We need to put God back on the throne of this nation. We need to reject all the corruption, expose the corruption, stand up against the corruption, and put God first in all of it. Now, do you believe that he believes in term limits? Jim Jordan? Yes. Uh, do I? I would imagine that he would because he's not a career politician. Did I personally ask him a research that? No, I didn't. But okay. anybody who has any type of character like he does believes in term limits. Now, how those are, are set forth, people have their different opinions. Right. So at the end of the show here, uh, Pastor Padula, um, when you become county commissioner, are you still going to be able to serve your flock? Um. <laughs> So my, my senior pastor is the one who got shot. He's the, the senior pastor of our church. I'm the outreach pastor, and then I do all the stuff at our house with the set-apart ministries. I have seven men who uh, live at my house who uh, are also ministers of the gospel, and they will be taking a lot of the everyday responsibilities in our ministry out of our house. Uh, but yes, I will still be pastoring here. I will just—the commissioner work will unfortunately have to come first during the week and during normal work hours— and then after hours and weekends, we'll be more pastoring. So you are going to be a really, really busy man. And God bless your wife, because 
if you didn't have your wife behind you back to back and side to side, it would be very difficult sometimes to do that. But we also know you got God in your corner. So um, my last question that I would like you to put a message out to not only the United States, because people all across the country are listening to this, but we have people in South America, Europe, Ireland, Canada, and especially my good friends that are listening out of Australia right now and actually have sent me some messages or listening to you. What is the message you would put out for the world, Pastor Padilla? My message to the world would be reject the WHO, the WEF, uh, the, the United Nations, and put Jesus Christ first in your life, and let's have a revival and exalt God in this, in this world. Well, Pastor, thank you so much. I hope that we can bring you back up on the show again before uh, the election in May. Um, I would like you to think about that, and if you want to bring anybody on with you, uh, we can do that as well. I know you're a very busy man. Um, I'm hoping that if you make another trip back to Washington, D.C., you'll let us know about that, and then we can talk about your trip when you come back on the show again. Absolutely. I would be honored to, and thank you guys very much, and God bless you all. Thank you, folks. That's Pastor John Padula out of Idaho running for county commissioner and um, also continuing to help serve his flock. Um, We feel very blessed that we had him on today. Uh, Folks, I'd like to say a prayer uh, for the pastor. Uh, Dear Lord, please follow him. Stay at his side at all times and let him know that even though uh, some of us are not living in Idaho and may not be uh, able to vote for him, that we're keeping him and his family and his church in our prayers at all times, and especially for his senior pastor. Thank God that he was able to come through that nightmare and come out the other end probably a lot wiser and a lot more aware of what is going on around. And um, I'm just so grateful for people like him and for Pastor John Padilla. Folks, I'm going to say the Lord's Prayer at the end of the show. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the glory forever, Lord. Amen. Folks, this is Maggie Rose, and I'll be back next Monday. Please have a safe week and a safe weekend. We want this country back. Tehebo Tea Club's original pure pouty Arco Super Tea helps build red corpuscles in the blood which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop and cancer dies in oxygen. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. 
The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit drinksupertea.com. The first word is drink, spelled D-R-I-N-K, then the word super, then the word tea. The complete website is drinksupertea.com or call us at 818-965-9113, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-965-9113, drinksupertea.com. You can't handle the truth! You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit republicbroadcasting.org today because you